Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sportsman. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power pack morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning and welcome to Thursday. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Auction Community Studios. I am Vince Murata. No, Dan Bickley is not here today. Tim Ring is here. Sarah Cazell's here. Jared Carlin is here. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good right, to be here, everybody. Let, let's do a little investigative work right off the bat today, okay? Okay. Dan Bickley, gone Thursday and Friday. Masters, first two days, Thursday and Friday. <laughs> oh. I didn't want to ask the personal question. I don't know if Bickley went down the route, and we hear these stories every year at NCAA tournament time and Masters time. I don't know if he got a vasectomy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing not. <laughs> I respect that that's the first place your brain goes. Vince. If there is a sporting event... On the calendar. I'm not saying you'd do it, but maybe at one time you did, Tim. We'll start with you, Tim. <laughs> yes. We'll start what with you, Sarah. Sport, Which what, word? what sporting <laughs> event would you get a vasectomy? No. I, would you, I thought that's what you, you were going to ask. No, would real. you miss work to, to take in? Uh, for me, it used to be the, the first two days of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I would probably go NCAA tournament. I, I, I would have to say that would, be, that would be the one. There's really only like three possible things because it has to be something that happens during the morning and day mm-hmm. not necessarily so, you might have a job where you work at night okay but i'm saying for a normal person if you're taking off work so the masters opening so people day that base, work at night are not normal yeah, believe me <laughs> wow. I for years no they're not normal. Come out at night, <laughs> go ahead jared i'm sorry so it would be like opening day march madness or like a big golf tournament, I suppose, because it, 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 that's what you people think of when they think of take off a day. I guess it could be like the day after the Super Bowl. Yeah, I guess that like would kind of qualify. I mean, I used to be I used to be the worst. I, I somehow, as I got older, developed a work ethic. But when I was younger and I had jobs that I didn't really care about, I'm like, ah, Suns have a big game tonight. I'm calling in sick. I want to watch it on TV. I so I'm leaving work early. I'm not feeling well. We're very much unlike normal <laughs> jobs also in that we have TVs all over our office. So, like, for instance, some of them actually work. (laughs) Well, I didn't say that we have working. I said we have TVs. I didn't say they're on. I didn't say (laughs) you're actually able to change the channel. I I don't know. I have binge watched two shows post surgeries, but not sporting events. Really? Binge watched Breaking Bad. Okay. After neck surgery. And years and years ago, do you guys remember the show Lost about the airplane that crashed on the island uh, after (laughs) knee surgery? I binged the whole first season of Lost right before the second season came out. In one weekend, I did it. It was ridiculous. And then season two started, 
and they introduced all these new characters, and I'm like, you've lost me. Yes, like, I where got, do these people come from? I got lost right yeah. around the end of season one swear, of Lost. That's why they call it that. Yeah, my knee was feeling better, and I'm like, okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, I hope uh, Bick's going to enjoy the Masters. There's, there's some heat in the Masters this year, so Vic uh, will be back on Monday. Jarrett, you know what to do. Start the show. Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. Animal coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Phoenix Suns return to the court at Footprint Center for their penultimate regular season home game tonight against the Denver Nuggets. Suns are 44-35. and 35. They're locked into the four seed in the Western Conference 10 days ahead of the start of the playoffs. So uh, it's uh, one game one of a three-game stretch where head coach Monty Williams needs to balance the risk of playing time for starters and key players with the benefit of getting them physically ready for what they hope is a long playoff run. The Nuggets are also locked into their spot. They are the top dog in the West and facing similar issues. After uh, MVP candidate Nikola Jokic recently missed three games with a calf strain, they've lost three of four. Sons have won six straight. Jokic and Jamal Murray also listed as questionable for tonight. Wink, wink. Uh, Tip-off is a little after 7. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30 on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. 24 hours ago, the Nuggets had something to play for. Thanks mm-hmm. to the Grizzlies lost last night, they don't. I don't expect Jokic and Murray to play in that game. The Nuggets have clinched the number one seed. Honestly, Vinny, I wouldn't be shocked if the Suns rested their guys as well. I mean, there's a long, week-long break between the end of the season and the playoffs anyway. Yes. So those guys got to sit for a while. I'm talking about the Suns. I'd be yeah. shocked if they I, I mean, right? I don't think so. It's not like they're rolling right into the playoffs next Tuesday. Yeah. I, it's just like, eh. It's next weekend. Yeah, they, they got some time. So I'm going to get ready to do the... Starting at guard, 6-4, from Wichita State, number 14, Landry Shamit. <laughs> Give me your Saban Lee call real quick. You need that for Sunday against the Clippers. Yeah, I might. Uh, last night in the NBA, Milwaukee beat Chicago without Giannis, 105-92. They wrapped up the number one seed in the East. Tim mentioned it. Pelicans needed overtime, but they got by Memphis in a weird game, 138-131. Uh, Herb Jones led the Pelicans with 35 points. Dallas got a much-needed win over Sacramento, 123-1. 19 as Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic combined for 60 points. They're alive. And the, they're, alive. they're alive. And the Clippers handled the Lakers 125 to 118 behind Norm Powell's 27 points. The 11th straight time the Clippers have beaten the Lakers. Not uh, very often you see little brother dominate big brother that much. I spent the entire game watching going, who would I rather play? <laughs> I did the same thing. <laughs> Wait, no, babe. I'm not thinking I'd rather play and the Lakers. changed from no, possession no, to possession. Yeah, no, yeah. not that I'd rather play the Clippers. Yeah, I do. This is a tough one. Oh, a good shot by Anthony Davis. Yeah. Nope, rather play the Clippers. Today's updated Western Conference standings have the Clippers in the fifth spot, 42-38, and 38, ahead of Golden State by virtue of a tiebreaker. Lakers are now 41-39. and 39. They're in the seventh spot in a tiebreaker over New Orleans, who has the same record. Minnesota is alone at ninth at 40 and 42 games ahead of Oklahoma City in 10th at 38 and 42. A tiebreaker over Dallas. It is it is crazy. It promised to be crazy, and it's crazy. Home opener tonight for the D-backs against the Dodgers at Chase Field. 
D-backs home after a 3-3 three and three road trip to L.A. and San Diego to start the season. It'll be right-hander Merrill Kelly on the hill for Arizona against Dustin May. The D-backs 14-11 all-time in home openers, and uh, I did I did a little bit of research. Fifth time they're opening up their home schedule against the Dodgers, 2-2 two and two in the previous four. 7-10 first pitch. There is a Suns game, which starts at exactly the same time next door, so if you're headed to the D-backs game, or the Suns game for that matter, plan your travel and arrival accordingly. It's going to be a mess. At least there's never any construction downtown. No, it's always smooth sailing. If you're not headed to the game, you can catch it on Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. Uh, It's also the rare triple header of Valley Pro Sports tonight, too. Coyotes play their second straight game in Seattle against the Kraken. Uh, The Yotes looking to improve on their 8-1 loss to Seattle, which should be easy to do. Face-off 7-30. Winger Clayton Keller, by the way, something to watch down the stretch for the Yotes. 82 points, just four away from the Coyotes franchise record of 86, set by Keith Kachuk in the 96-97 season. Isn't that a low low total for a franchise point record? It's a bit low. The Edmonton Oilers' top line all has 100 points this year. Just this year? Yeah. Clayton oh. Keller and Keith Kachuk are the only two Coyotes since they got to town with more than, more than 80. 80. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, the Coyotes, along with their development firm Bluebird Development, filed a $2.3 billion claim against the city of Phoenix for damages caused by Phoenix's legal filing on March 27th in opposition to the NHL franchise's plans to build a hockey arena and entertainment district in Tempe. Voters still have their opportunity to cast their vote as of now on the uh, matter on May 16th. This is ugh. political volleyball, it's, Biddy. It's so Coyotes, though, isn't it? <laughs> Anything easy happen to this organization? They cannot have peace. No. Ever. If you're an Arizona Wildcats basketball fan and you weren't a fan of Kirk Creesa, looking at you, Jared, as I say this, he's not your problem anymore. Uh, the Estonian guard is committed to transfer to West Virginia. Mountain Mama, take, take me, me home. home. And he said, I know, I told Wolf about it yesterday as he was walking through the newsroom and he goes, Oh, yeah, Greg Brady, I'm uh, I'm not sure he's going to fit in there. (laughs) (laughs) Creason did lead the Pac 12 in assists this past season, and today, a tradition like no other, the Masters gets underway at Augusta National in Georgia. Scotty Scheffler becoming the, uh, looking to become the first back to back winner of the event since Tiger Woods turned the trick in the early 2000s. Scheffler is in one of the last groups to tee off with amateur Sam Bennett and Max Homa at 10.36 this morning. Woods is in the field as well. He'll tee off at 7.18 Arizona time with Xander Shoffley and Victor Hoffman. Quick look at the Masters leaderboard early on, Tim. Uh, amateur Matthew McLean. Two under par through four holes. Matty McLean. There's only like uh, you know a certain number of guys out on the course, but... He was atop the Masters leaderboard as an amateur, and nobody will ever be able to take that away from you, Matthew. Cling to it. <laughs> there you go. There's you your go, my boy. On uh, Thursday, April 6th. Coming up, Suns and Nuggets are at least players in those teams' uniforms tonight. We'll get into the latest next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings. Tim Ring in for Bick today here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. 
No, I don't. Um, just all those teams you're talking about, those teams have champions. They have Hall of Famers. They have winners, guys that have been in the playoffs that have um, that appreciate what it means and, and don't take these things for granted. I'm not trying to cheat the game. You know, those guys, they play it. They play it the right way. Um, so I think those narratives are are good you know conversations for the media and people outside of of the game um but internally you know the competitors that i know and the competitors that those teams are i expect those guys to go out there and try to play good basketball um as they head into the playoffs james jones the president of basketball operations of the phoenix suns on for his weekly visit with burns and gambo yesterday talking about the subject do you think there's teams trying to avoid the suns in the first round diplomatic answer by james jones i think there are teams that are trying to avoid the suns i I think there are teams, Tim Ring, that are trying to get into that sixth spot to play Sacramento in the first round. Diplomatic is a, is a great way to put it, Vinny, because I think if James Jones says anything other than that, that can create a headline mm-hmm. uh, in other cities. Uh, you say anything else, it becomes a teams are avoiding us yeah. headline, and that could almost end up as an arrogant bulletin board headline and, in another locker room. And, and you won't <laughs> hear teams come out and say it, any, any of them, but... You can kind of read the tea leaves. You can look at the context clues. And I will say this. I'm not a Sacramento Kings fan at all. I don't have a lot of belief in the Sacramento Kings as a playoff team. But, man, are they going to be fueled by disrespect going into this post? Sure they are. And I, I think I touched on it a little bit last week here. Um you know, Brian Windhorst talked about it, and 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 I echoed those sentiments. And 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 Windhorst is certainly sourced up with people in Golden State, and he was talking about it a while back. And I think I talked about it with Bick, and he was saying for this for the Warriors specifically, his direct quote was, "The Sacramento Kings are the mark." Vinny. In other words, the, the Warriors wanted to hang in that sixth position. You think of it like a, a, a car race or a horse race. The sixth position, the sixth, the pole position at six for the Warriors is the most advantageous position for them. Uh-huh. Because if you look at it, you're not opening up with the Suns. And then in the second round, you don't get the Nuggets. Assuming everything goes chalk, right? Sure, sure. So for the Warriors, their road to the Western Conference Finals, if you start in the six hole, would be the Kings and then the Grizzlies. You start in the five hole, your road is the Suns and then and the, nuggets. the Nuggets. I mean, come on. That's if everything no, goes chalk. Like if everything goes chalk. Yeah. Obviously, you throw in that disclaimer there. So that's just a no-brainer. Obviously, the six hole is more advantageous than the five hole. Sure. So I know James Jones is obviously being diplomatic. You don't want to. You don't want to end up on anybody's bulletin board saying teams are trying to avoid us. Yeah. Okay? You just you don't you don't go there. So it was interesting to me though. And I joked about it yesterday morning. Like, hey, listen, the five seat is on the line last night in L.A. We'll see if LeBron and AD actually played. Now they did. So that kind of tells you something. Kind of, and did they, they played a little bit in the second half. They right. didn't really well, show up in the first half. Right. Well, LeBron had 30 in the second half, so yeah. at least he, he, put up a, he put up a fight. But So now the Clippers are in that five hole. And it'll be interesting to see. Now, I, 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 I kind of tend to uh, agree with you, Vidi. I don't think anybody really loves that five hole. I don't think anybody really wants to tangle with the Phoenix Suns in that yeah. in that first round, but somebody's going to have to do it. it yeah, and it's, it's weird too. I think you know you were watching the game, I was watching the game, and I think we were probably having similar thoughts. You're looking at it through the, the lens of, of what how it affects the Phoenix Suns, and I think it's 
very common for Suns fans to be worried about the opposition throughout their history. We've seen it recently. It's like, oh, do you want to play Golden I've even been guilty of it. I don't want to play Golden State in the first round. And I flip it on its ear, and you start to think about the, these teams, the Pelicans, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Warriors. There's no way they want a part of a fully functional and healthy Phoenix Suns lineup with the un, the uncertainty of they don't know how Kevin Durant fits in. They don't know how to defend him, this team with with him on the uh, on the floor. And you get past the point too of of maybe the anxiety of who the Suns are going to play. Here's a fact. Whoever they play in the first round, it's going to be a hell of a tough series for both teams. There's no question about it. In fact, I'm I'm at the point now where I'm looking at it through a Suns prism. Who do the Suns want to play? And obviously, from a Suns perspective, who's the easiest matchup? Uh Who gives you the best chance to get out of that first round in advance? Who's the most dangerous opponent? Clearly, the most dangerous opponent is the Golden State Warriors. In the first round. I would agree. Uh, right? I mean, that that's just a given. They've got the championship pedigree. They've got the moxie. They've got the confidence. They know how to win. They're clearly dangerous at home. Not so great on the road. But you'd have to think that a, a team like that could flip the switch and still win a game or two even on the, on the road. So you say to yourself, okay, Clippers or Warriors. And I'm watching that game last night, much like you, flipping back and forth. i got to tell you, out of those two teams, the most scariest individual opponent is Anthony Davis. Not LeBron James, not Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis. But i got to tell you, Vinny, after watching that game last night, and it's not just because the Clippers won the game, but but I think from a roster standpoint, top to bottom, I I, I think there are more guys on the Clippers that can hurt you than the Lakers. Even though Anthony Davis is the most formidable individual foe, I think the Clippers roster... Top to bottom, when you talk about guys like Terrence Mann and Bones Highland, I mean, those guys, Eric they, Gordon, they, they, and Eric Gordon, mm-hmm. those guys, I mean, the Lakers supporting cast just doesn't scare me as much as the Clippers. And, I agree. Again, and, and, and the again, supporting cast got better, but I agree with you. And that's even with the Paul George question out there. Is he going to play? I don't think he's going to play. And if Paul George plays, then it's even it's yeah, even more. Yeah. Da- I just I think everybody's predisposed to be like, oh, you don't want the Lakers, LeBron mm-hmm. and AD. I got to tell you, I, I you know, an AD presents a whole lot of problems, especially if he gets DeAndre Ayton in foul trouble. But I, I I'm telling you, man, I, the, the <laughs> that Clipper roster they can they can do some damage now now, and and they got a superstar player as well. Yeah, but the bottom line is, when it's all said and done, with what you've seen from the Kevin Durant Suns. Do you think any team could beat these Suns four out of seven times, regardless of what the matchup is? Yes. I think there are teams that could. I think they haven't lost yet. With it's Kemendura. very evenly matched in, in the Western Conference. The there Suns, is a lot of good teams. The, Sun, the Suns are not a perfectly built team. No, so we're, not we're, at all. We're going to have to see how they function in the playoffs. They, the Suns could win the West. The Suns could give Boston or Milwaukee or Philly a run in the finals. The Suns could also lose in the first round. There are a lot of questions about the way the Suns team is constructed right now. They are top Heavy. Yeah, and I know there's, there's no question about it. Jared asked that question with, and there's an air of confidence about some some people with the Suns. Nobody's going to beat this team four out of seven times because they haven't seen what a defeat looks like yet. I'm not there. I, I, I'm with you. That you know, their their top four 
would be a nightmare to game plan for from a defensive standpoint. Kevin Durant is a walking bucket when he's on. But they're not perfectly constructed. And you have to rely on other players to step up and elevate their games, and we haven't seen that to a consistent level. I'm confident, but I'm not supremely confident. We all know darn well that at some point, Torrey Craig, Josh Okogie, and these guys are going to have to step up and help them win yes. a, key, a key playoff game. Absolutely. Because Booker Booker and Aiton and, and, Aiton and, and Durant and Chris Paul can, can not just win four games every series all by themselves. Totally agree. Legendary voice of the Suns, Al McCoy, has announced his retirement at the end of the year. We want to hear from you. Thanking Al, just text Al to 620-620 and submit a video, a thank you Al message. We may even play it on the air. Just text Al, A-L, to 620-620. Coming up next, we'll get to some of Tim Ring's thoughts on the latest mess with the Arizona Cardinals, Terry McDonough's claims against Michael Bidwell, and the response from the Cardinals organization. All that straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Because of all of these things, is going to shine a light on Michael Bidwell that probably hasn't been there before. Uh, and I think the statement the Cardinals put out after it was unusual and really, really um, strong. Uh, and I think that focuses a little bit more attention on it, too, because really, Terry McDonough is accusing the owner of being retaliatory. Well, that thing they put out on Terry McDonough, questioning him as a man, right, as a father, as a husband. It wasn't just office stuff. They really lit into him. Um, You could say that you could make a case that that felt retaliatory, too. You could even go back to the Kyler Murray clause. Got to do your homework. What did that feel like, right? That's Mike Sando, who uh, made the rounds uh, yesterday on the uh, radio station, was on with us. That's uh, from Wolf and Luke yesterday from The Athletic. Mike Sando talking about the situation with the Arizona Cardinals that we learned of a couple days ago, Tim. And that was yep. uh, Terry McDonough, former VP of Player Personnel, filing... Arbitration uh, with some accusations against the organization, including the burner phone uh, um, accusation, um, and there seems to be some real gray area there. Uh, But, you know, that's Mike Sando talking about the retaliatory stance by the Cardinals. They had an external PR firm respond to these claims. They knew it was coming, obviously, and it got personal, and it did get a bit nasty. Well, this is this is an ugly situation. Well, the Cardinals were were, lo- were <clears throat> excuse me loaded for bear. Yes, no, they were ready for this, and they they did not let their internal PR uh, department handle this. They went out and hired a company. Uh, company's called Counterpoint. They're based out of Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, president of the company is a gentleman named uh, Jim McCarthy. Uh, McCarthy's been doing this. He's a crisis management specialist. Uh, has been doing this for a really, really long time. This is a nationally renowned company. And the reason why I bring this up is that uh, the Cardinals uh, hired a big gun uh, to handle this. Mm-hmm. And the statement written by CounterPoint was written by Jim McCarthy himself, the president of the company. So it wasn't even one of the employees at CounterPoint that handled this. The president of the company handled this himself. Now, the Cardinals, uh, obviously with Mike Bidwill's blessing and Jim McCarthy at counterpoint decided to go after Terry McDonough uh, with a vengeance and and uh, brought up a lot of personal 
yeah. uh, issues with McDonough. A lot. Now, essentially discrediting the witness kind of deal. Right. Now, the Cardinals took some PR heat for the way they mm-hmm. handled this. Mike Freeman, for one, called it classless, longtime NFL writer. Now, my question is, Vince and, and Jared, Sarah, you guys can weigh in on this. And, you know, I talked about this a little bit yesterday on, on, on my podcast. My question is, <clears throat> did the Cardinals know, because Jim McCarthy's been doing this a real long time. Mm-hmm. Did the Cardinals know that they were going to take a PR hit? And they said to themselves, all right, we're going we're gonna to maybe lose the day one battle on this in hopes that we're going to win the war. Because we need to come out swinging, and we need to discredit McDonough because everything he's saying is wrong. This is a bad guy. We went above and beyond to employ this guy despite all his personal problems, despite the fact he didn't show up for work. Everything he's saying is a lie. Okay, the burner phone thing is wrong. Okay, this guy's trying to extort us. We're going to come out. We're going to bury this guy Mm -hmm. because everything we're saying is the truth. So, yeah, we're, we're going to publicly drag him, and it's going to look bad, but this is the end. This, this is the means to the end that we need to get to. Or did the Cardinals take a swing and a miss on day one by publicly dragging him? And I, 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 and I, so I, I, I don't know, because Mike Sando hinted at it in that soundbite, like, okay, that was an interesting way to handle it. Mm-hmm. So the fact that... They hired a crisis management team, a guy who specializes in these situations. The fact that the Cardinals to the national media didn't look good in the way they handled it. Maybe they knew it wasn't going to look good, and that was all part of the strategy. Or maybe it was a swing and a miss. That, that's that, that's what I, I don't know. In terms of what's going on here, Vinny, I don't want to cast any stones. No, uh, I, 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 because I, we're not in any position. We to are do that. in no position. I have no idea what happened behind closed doors with Terry McDonough and the Cardinals. We got to let this sucker play out. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I saw a lot of people on social media jumping to conclusions. This is a really bad look for Mike Bidwill, and we know what's going on there. We don't know. We don't know what happened. I, this has got to play out. Because the Cardinals had an answer for every one of those claims that McDonough made. Had an answer for every single one. And I know it's coming on the heels of the NFLPA report card. and the just all piling on. It's all piling on. And the the Cardinals aren't looking real good here. Especially the way the football team is playing. And the Kime and Cliff extensions and the firings. And and everything looks bad for the organization now. And this is just another thing. So, Tim, to answer your question or to get back to your question of uh, did they did they lose the battle to win the war sort of thing, the Cardinals, did the Cardinals, with their external PR response, introduce any sort of doubt as far as how legitimate of a guy Terry McDonough is, how legitimate uh, a source of information should Terry McDonough be trusted? If they introduced any sort of doubt as far as, like, is this guy really to believed? Don't you be believed? I think they did. I think think they absolutely did. But then you ask the question, is this something that should be played out in the court of public opinion? And and the answer is absolutely not. The the last statement, uh, you know, written by, by Jim McCarthy uh, was the last sentence. If an arbitration process results, we will welcome the opportunity to set the record straight in that forum, forum and demonstrate how these claims have absolutely no validity or hard basis. That might have served as the entire statement in response to Terry McDonough's claims. They went a different route. Again, like Tim said, we don't know what went on. Well, because everyone's going to deny, deny, deny. Yes. But they're saying not only are we going to deny, we're going to punch back. Mm-hmm. 
And that gives people something to latch on to. Oh, wait, he was insubordinate? Oh, he didn't show up to work? Oh, he would record people's conversations? And as some people have brought up, some real legal experts have brought up to the, the strength of the language in that statement. Which kind of smears Terry McDonough. Does that open the door for further, right, <laughs> uh, I, for further legal process? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not being an attorney, and and if if that's true, then boy, the Cardinals picked the wrong crisis manager in Jim McCarthy. <laughs> when you're supposed to manage if, it, and if, you make the crisis worse, right? Because if they didn't, if they were not buttoned up legally before they released that statement, that is a huge swing and a miss. Mm-hmm. So, so, but so, I, but we don't know. So let's not even go down yeah, go sure. down that road. But yeah, I saw I saw the same legal analyst, or maybe and maybe those guys are attorneys themselves, saying the Cardinals may have left themselves vulnerable there uh, to 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 legal issues. Well, yeah. going his name's forward. Daniel Wallach. Uh, yeah, I think that's how you pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, he yeah. works Wallach. the Athletic. Yeah, also, let me, a whole thread about let it. Let me just also throw this in. It seems to me that Mike Bidwell gave Terry McDonough a whole lot of opportunity when McDonough was going through a lot. Of, and the, and there, this is not speaking out of school because there have been plenty of articles written about this, and Terry's been very forthcoming about his struggles with substance abuse in the past. And Terry obviously is the son of, of Will McDonough um, and has been given a lot of opportunity by the mm-hmm. Cardinals uh, to work through that and have, have a job and have a place in the organization. Uh, Terry didn't even live here. Uh, Terry didn't show up apparently to the draft when he was supposed to be there. Mike continued to keep him on. And it's almost like Mike felt is feeling scorned now. Like I've given this guy a job, oh, a definitely, life, definitely an opportunity feeling. after opportunity after opportunity. And now you're doing this? Oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell no. And now Mike is coming out swinging through the words of Jim McCarthy. That could have been the whole statement. Oh hell no! Oh, that, that, that yeah, <laughs> kind of like Jordan's "I'm back." Yeah. Mike Bidwell statement. Oh hell no, <laughs> girl. Period. Uh huh. Yeah, we'll keep an eye. No, on. no, hell no. <laughs> keep an eye on this situation. We're also keeping an eye on the NBA Western Conference playoff picture. Seeds five through ten still very unsettled. We'll get into that next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings with Tim Ring in for Bick today here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Man, what the hell y'all doing out there? Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Clippers in front with 6.40 to play. And a steal. Powell takes it away from Vanderbilt. Left to right. He lobs it up. Leonard skies high. Kawhi with the biggest Kawhi light of the season. Timeout Lakers. Kawhi light. KLAC on the uh, call, the Clippers Radio Network. Clippers beat the Lakers for the 11th straight time last night, 125 to 118, and in the process, surge one game ahead of the Lakers. They are now the fifth seed, so very possible that we're looking at a Suns. Clippers first round matchup, but anything can happen over the last four days of the season. Tim and uh, Tim ring in for Bick today here on Bickley and Murata mornings. There was so much in terms of conversation and consternation about, oh no, the Lakers have a, they've got a big game, but they played last night in Utah and they won and they went to overtime. Gosh, can LeBron and AD play? Are are they going to be able to (laughs) recover that quickly and play? Well, they both played. 
they lost. Neither one of them was very effective in the first half of the game. LeBron got uh, going in the second half. AD hasn't played back-to-back games since November. Since the Obama administration. Oh my gosh, how is he going to do it? Uh, LeBron James came out after the game and said this, Tim. I'm coming off the road trip, and even though this is a road game, you know, just you know, coming off the road trip and um, you know, getting back you know, late last night, but after an overtime game, and uh, it was a tough game for us. Obviously, we started off in the first half, not so playing Laker basketball. We had some good spurts, but uh, not enough. So this is one of those... Uh, uh, no scheduling conflicts, you know, in the season, and uh, definitely got the best of us tonight. Wait, what? what scheduling conflict? Maybe uh, we shouldn't have scheduling goat, loss. Maybe we shouldn't have goat noises. Maybe we should have. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man, LeBron James. <laughs> Basketball two nights in a row. LeBron James has missed 27 games this year. I know he's up there in years. The guy spends millions of dollars on his body. And you have the audacity in the third to last game of the year to come out and say that's a scheduling loss. Not to be fair, this was the day after Taco Tuesday. <laughs> sure his body wasn't in peak condition. True. It's a great point. But I mean, he's not 54 years old. <laughs> Like, I'd have a problem playing a back-to-back. But you you, and you mentioned it, and I noticed it, too, and you mentioned it off the air. Darvin Ham doing his his first, uh, in the middle of the game, at the first quarter, first break, he's doing the interview on the first court thing out with of his George mouth. Sedano, and he mentions that. The travel. Yeah. It's like it's, it's like it's in their heads. Like, I, yeah, the LeBronification of the NBA. Like these guys have talked themselves like yeah. the, the the narrative. And let's face it, it's only two games out of the year, but the Clippers and Lakers both have that advantage. Of two of their road games are in their home arena. Yes. <laughs> There's no level of travel at all. Right, they're back home essentially. Even the Nets have to travel to Manhattan to play the Knicks and also and it's vice a, versa. And it's a big game too. Yes. Like, I mean, your your adrenaline and your endorphins should be at, at an all-time high. I mean, and again, I, it's like the narrative has crept into these guys' heads that this is such a factor and it's so hard that it's it's affecting us. And again, like Darvin Ham, right out of the gate, first question, George Sedano, well, the travel is tough. Like, come on, man. It's 7 o'clock at night. You're playing the Clippers. The fifth seed is on the line. You know, playoffs are approaching. And that's the first thing you say? That the travel's getting to us? You know, I, I are you tempting the basketball gods by making statements like that going into the playoffs? I just, and again, I, I don't want to sound like a, a get off of my lawn here, but but I, he's about to sound like the but, get off my but lawn. I'm about guy. to sign it. I just, <laughs> I, I just don't recall. I mean, back to backs and travel have been a thing in the NBA for for since the beginning of time. I don't recall. I've been covering this league for a long, long time. I just, I don't remember back in the back in the nineties or early two thousands. Travel and back-to-back games being a part of the basketball narrative when players and coaches talked about what was happening on the court. Mm-hmm. It was about the basketball. And they've even lessened the number of back-to-back games. And these guys, you know, talk to Tom Chambers about what it was like to travel back in the day. Talk to the guys who played in the 70s. Before, the, you know, before Magic and Bird and Jordan really kind of pushed the league into the current era, it was... A secondary league for for a lot of that time. 
There were times in the 60s and 70s, teams were playing four games in four nights in four different cities. Flying commercial, staying in less than five-star hotels, by the way. Flying coach and with their 6'10". Bodies, yeah, and with with one trainer on the on the staff, right, trying to find a hot dog stand open in the airport. But again, though, it's it's it, yeah, they they had it rough. But 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 when they talked about what was happening in the game before the game, after the game, they didn't really have in game interviews back then. But when they talked about why why you lost or or what was happening or why you got beat or why you didn't play well, nobody ever mentioned. The travel or the back-to-back. Like, it wasn't in their heads because that was the way it was. Nobody blamed the schedule. Now, you could, on the other side of the coin, you could say, well, we've evolved. We've learned more about the body and how the body recovers, and now we know more. So, you know, you can't just say this is the way it was. I, I, I understand that to a certain extent. But I do think that, in a sense, I think players have become, they've talked themselves into it a little bit, that it's become that's become more of a factor than maybe it should well, be. Well, let's take that part out of it and focus again on what LeBron said. This was a scheduling conflict. He didn't say scheduling loss, but you get what he was trying to say. What a massive show of disrespect to the Clippers. A team, by the way, that you've lost 11 straight times to. Right. Are you saying, had you had an off day that you're going to win that game? They outplayed you for 48 minutes. They were the better team on the floor last night. It was just a puzzling statement all the way around. Go play. That that would Go be fun. Play that would be fun. the game. We might be getting the Suns Lakers match. And again, if you t- if you talk yourself into this crap, it will affect you. I mean, if you got your head coach talking about the travel and you know, and, and there's such a big deal about back to backs and haven't played a back to back and the travel and the, and, the, and, the, and, 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 and if it becomes an issue, well, and I wonder how you're, you're going to make it an issue, I, and it will be an issue. Darvin Ham brought that up early in the contest, so obviously that was a thought process that was going on organizationally. If you're going into a game that way. Why even play those guys? The the result that's, was the same. That's what I'm saying. If rest is so important, and, and there was a lot made before the game, too. Hey, the input from Anthony Davis and LeBron James on whether or not they're going to play is, is very valuable. Like they'll, they'll make up their minds. Play or don't play. I just love looking at Michael Jordan's game played log down his career. 82, 82, 82, 82, except for season number two, obviously. I think he, he, averaged, he was 40 years 82, old. 82, 82, 82, 82, 82, 82. 38 minutes a game as a 40-year-old. And I, again, I just remember covering Jordan. Right, on a bad team. Ron has played a lot more games than Jordan did. <laughs> No, I know, but Jared. Well, because his career was longer, but it was. But again, though, there was never, there was never any. Low, and I don't. And, and as somebody who's covered Michael Jordan, never heard Jordan once talk about back to backs or tough road trips or travel or all. What do you think that got them? This was, this was a scheduling loss. Those words never freaking <laughs> what, came out of Jordan's mouth. When was that? Maybe like ten. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years ago, fifteen years ago, when, when do you think that like sort of became the narrative? Because you hear it all the time now. Back to backs and load management. And all yeah, that, 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 that was the Pop, Spurs. It was Popovich, Popovich, and LeBron kind of started that whole thing. Popovich was at the heart of it. Twenty first right. century problems, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, the Suns uh, getting ready for the playoffs themselves, and their head coach Monty Williams has decisions to make on how he's going to handle his roster for the final few regular season games. We'll get into that and more Suns talk next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings. Timmering in for Bick today here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.